Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, today we're talking about overcoming gender challenges in the workplace based on our topic. All week long, we're talking about women, Christian women in the workplace. We've got Val Harwell joining us today. Val's a former CEO. She is the CEO. She's a former CEO and the president of her own consulting company called Cornerstone Consulting Solutions. Val, thanks for joining us on the show today. Hey, Jim, I'm glad to be back. I, I know I self-promoted back in the spring and asked if you, if I could come back because I had such a great time. So thanks for asking me back. I'm no problem. Well, that fifteen hundred bucks just slid me under the table. Really paid off. So. That was awesome. No, really, we're so glad that you came on, and I thought that today would be a great discussion, because as we talk about you know, women in the workplace, Christian women in the workplace, this is a topic that a lot of people have opinions on, and, and I thought it'd be great to have it on a day when you and Martha are here, so you guys can go back and forth, and I'll just sit here and, 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 and manage the volley, but you know, before we, as a basis for the conversation, as I do with every guest, please share with our listening audience how Christ has impacted your life. Um, I have to tell you that I thought, I can't think of a way that he hasn't impacted my life. I, I mean, I'm here with you today, Jim. I mean, how much how much better does it get? <laughs> it gets a whole lot better than this, I hope, for you. Well, it did get better because you added Martha. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about sure. that. <laughs> that is for sure. But seriously, talk about how Christ has made an impact on you. Christ has made an impact on me in literally every area of, of my life and um 
because of the the life that I lived and and there's so many struggles that I have have gone through growing up in poverty and and just the way that he has there is no reason why I should be sitting here it's all by the grace of God that he blessed me and has used me but um, also when you know we talk about women in leadership uh, when we talk about um, what makes a good leader Jesus set the ultimate example and um, I, I think we'll probably get into that a, a little farther you know in, in our discussion but but just using that has uh, his example of of leadership and 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 how he was I mean if you think about it he had vision he had strategy he had amazing communication skills he was focused he stayed on task he you know continued to do his father's will he did everything for the glory of God and and he he, he he did all that with loving and caring and I have to tell you you know whether you're female or male when you follow the leadership example that Jesus set as as a leader and and just growing up in life uh, I think it resolves a lot of conflict and I mean who can't who cannot get behind that it's it's he sets that example for us in every single way and mm-hmm. he's just impacted it in in every single area of my life that's fantastic and that's the way it's supposed to work you asked before the show, hey, can I give a shout-out? And of course you can. Who do you want to shout-out to today? I want to shout-out to my home church, Fellowship Baptist Church. Um, they are in Thanodisassa with our awesome pastor, Mike Grover. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to all of my friends and family that are listening and to some of the smartest women on the planet who are listening today because obviously they have a huge interest and were a great source of feedback um, for me just asking about the topic and had had a lot of input on uh, women in business. And I'd like to encourage all of you to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. That's I Work, the number four, him. We'd like to have all of you following us as we put on the show announcements, what's going to be on the show, and then the link to the show if you missed it. Uh, but we'd love, to show, we'd love to know who's listening and get your feedback. It's awesome for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your business background. As, as, again, as a basis for the discussion, just a couple of quick lines about what have you done? Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean the stuff I can talk about? That's yeah, right. Yeah, yes, yeah. The, the, those special ops things we can't talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I've done and where I've been. Some of it is, you know, not anything I might be proud of. Um, when I started out, like I said, I, I, I was I was raised in in poverty, and 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 I did not have um, the greatest examples uh, in my life. And what God taught me um, was that um, I, while I might not necessarily know where I wanted to go or what I wanted to be, it gave me some really great examples of what I did not want to do and, and how I did not want to be and um, continually helped me to see people. One of my large, my biggest prayers has always been to see people through his eyes. And after I came, I grew up in, in, in church, oddly, um, because I, we lived with every relative at least twice, and um, but mostly my, my grandparents who always made sure that I was in church. And um, so I grew up with a, a, a heart knowledge, I mean, a head knowledge of Christ, but no heart knowledge until I was actually um, 24 and very active in, in church and um, uh, ha- I realized that um, God, through this amazing story, as he is, uh, 
that that I was lost and and came to know Christ and then from that he has used me moving up through an organization I started at the bottom of an organization that I was able to move up into having ownership as well as becoming the CEO and then growing it from we probably were when I took over maybe 160 million in sales to close to a billion dollars in sales and and that was all by the grace of God there is nothing it's in my weakness is his strength and really by the world standards there's no reason I should be, uh, I should have ever achieved um, those worldly um, defined successes. Beyond that, I was recruited to turn around a behavioral assessment company, which was an amazing opportunity. And then um, God led me to uh, run my own um, and go to grad school um, to pursue my degree in psychology. So I have my degree in business, but um, through all that, I was I was going to school and um, just God kept me focused on the fact that um where he put me was my mission field. So your psychology degree, though, most of us learn psychology the hard way in business if we didn't have a psychology degree. Now you're getting a master's in psychology? Yes. Are, you, are they really teaching you anything you didn't hear, didn't, hadn't learned the hard way? It's interesting because um, for years uh, my degree was in in business, but I was always so interested in psychology because of human behavior and how to communicate effectively. It just has such an impact. I it sure does. Got Myers Briggs certified, you know, twenty years ago. I, I didn't need to do that for the role I was in. I just understood the importance of it, and so yeah, the the but the psychology piece because it's always about the people. It's always about the behavior, and it's always about how to effectively communicate. But you didn't answer my question. Are they teaching anything new? Yeah, it's a tough one. Okay, I see that. <laughs> see, I'm pretty convinced if I go back, I'm not sure. I mean, I've learned a lot of stuff the hard way. Yeah, I would say the majority of experience, I think, for all of us comes from <laughs> from kind of OJT or on the life training. You know, you all of a sudden come across it, and through prayer and, and God's mercy, you just... Mm. <laughs> but before we get back to that discussion, as we do each day, we've got a book highlight for you, uh, something that I think will make a huge impact on your life. It's all I'm highlighting it. And of course, this segment is brought to you, as always, by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. All right, today, we're not highlighting a book. We're highlighting a movie. The name of the movie is God's Not Dead. And in this movie, Martha, what's it all about? Well, it's amazing because it's a story about a uh, young freshman in college whose philosophy professor... Professor Radisson. Professor Radisson tries to um, get the whole class to agree that God is dead. And uh, through the storyline, the student is challenged then if he is not going to agree that God's dead, that he needs to prove to the class that God is not dead. And it's just an amazing, really apologetic story, but in such a way that I think a lot of people can really learn from and relate to. You know, and the good news about this is there's also a book that goes along with it, but it's not the story of the movie. It's the it's the ideas behind the arguments being done in the philosophy class, correct? That's right. It is um, really just more in-depth argument of what they present in the movie so that people can better understand and, and get a hold of the answers. And inside the movie there's a special appearance by Willie and Corey Robertson. That's right. And, and, and honestly, we watched this movie on Sunday. Fantastic movie. Totally recommend it. So here's the deal. God's Not Dead's the name of the movie. We recommend that you read the book and watch the movie. Get both their info. 
All right, we're back live in Tampa Bay with Val Harwell and Martha Brangenberg, and we're about ready to get deep into talking about gender challenges in the workplace, and really the, the issues of gender inequity amongst uh, just the things that women struggle with. So I want to start with this question. All right, do you find, and I'm going to let you guys run with this, do you find that business leaders look down on you just because you're a woman? Not the smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ones that know you got a heavy right punch. I mean, I, I do think that when that happens, uh, the person casting judgment is, um, I think, uh, maybe ignorant or just feels threatened. And, and if you think about it, people are always limited by their prejudices. And I don't think that there's any excuse for it. And I have a fundamental belief that you stand for what you tolerate. And I tend to be pretty verbal about calling out that that behavior and um, I had a, I think a significant advantage in that all of my uh, spouses are male uh, so tons of brothers and a chauvinistic father so um, you know I was you know early on set out to pretty much prove that anything they could do I could do better and <laughs> and I think but it's also I think one of the reasons why I was so successful becoming um, a, a, a female only in a higher leadership position when there weren't any uh, female in that position. It's helped me be much more successful and, and given me drive and an understanding, I think, of, of behavior and a way to communicate that I wouldn't have had without it. Hmm. Martha, what do you think? Well, I always try to step back and think, you know, did... Is it our place to say, I'm going to be a good leader because I'm a woman or because God has given me the gifts and abilities to be a leader? And I think that that's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of people that struggle with that on the outside looking in, that they think that this woman's trying to prove something or this isn't a woman's place. And if you take away that mentality of gender, um, it really is about how good you are at what you're doing. Hmm. I just want to mention that Wayne Johnson from Seminole is the winner of the Karis Christian Books and Gifts gift card. And that'll get out to you in the mail very, very shortly. Martha will contact you about that. All right, and if you want to participate in today's discussion, not necessarily just to ask a question, but if you have a comment about what Val and Martha are talking about, and I'm just sitting here watching, you can go ahead and text into the studio line at 727-487-9863. 727-487-9863. If you text in, I can pr- uh, put... Uh, just to list out your question and let Martha and Val go back and forth about it. All right, I have I have that number on our Facebook page too. So if you didn't get a chance to write it down and you can get to a computer, just look for I work for him for on Facebook, mm-hmm. and you'll see the picture of us. That's right. There. And the phones have been ringing off the hook, thanks to Mike Miracle taking good care of that. All right, but you can text us into the studio line seven two seven four eight seven ninety eight sixty three. Okay, Val, you spent twenty years in the banking industry. Banking industry is not necessarily known to be a female-friendly in the leadership kind of industry. I know that because my sister was a CFO of a bank chain and just retired from that career to move on to working in the Christian college industry. It's not necessarily a woman-friendly world. How did you overcome that to excel to such a high level within the bank? Well, it was uh, actually the insurance and risk management industry, and then we were purchased by uh, a bank oh. in, in 2000. But still, 
The, the insurance. So the women, the insurance industry is no different. Exactly. Probably worse. That could be said. And I would say, um, you know, I would say three primary reasons. You know, if the question is how was I able to excel um, to such a high level, I'd say three primary reason. Only by the grace of God, uh, I'm always up for a challenge, and I surrounded myself with a lot of smart, competent women. Hmm. That's fantastic. I didn't realize it was on the insurance side of the banking industry. Insurance and risk management, yes. And um, So you got in there before Graham-Leach-Bliley passed? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it actually had a lot to do with Graham-Leach-Bliley. Uh, Graham yeah. And in 1999, uh, this, the, that rule sunset in Florida, and that's what opened up banks being able to purchase right. uh, insurance firms. And we were uh, the first purchase for Wachovia Bank in the state of Florida. The great thing about that was you get a higher multiple, but also, um, I thought it was great because they didn't have any insurance in place. So I thought, cool, let's drive this thing. You know, let's make it happen. Let's define it. Oh, so. that's that's cool. I would have liked to be part of that. I, I'm a 23-year licensed commercial insurance agent. Yes, I know. And yeah. I, 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 I still like you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Martha, go ahead. You've got, you had that next question oh, you wanted yeah. to ask her. Well, I just wanted to um, know what does a woman bring into leadership that a man doesn't? Um, do you see things that a woman brings into leadership that a man does not? And and or what is your take on that? Uh, I do. I I I think that um, uh, females do bring in um, a lot of uh, different characteristics that that men don't. But I want to um, just thinking a little more progressively because I've been a female uh, in a male role for almost thirty years, and so you know I think that. Uh, I personally, this is my dream, but, and then I have some statistical data, but, you know, we're in the 21st century, and I'd like to see us look past gender and focus on the abilities of a person, and that's ultimately what will determine the likelihood of success. Gender traits don't program us for success. Like men, women fail or succeed based on their abilities and the skills they have to do the job. But that being said, they need the same opportunities and environments that, that encourage both women and men not you know specifically one gender the male gender more than um the female and i would like to see us get to a point where we move past questioning uh whether women are as capable as men or better suited for this role or that role and focus on the skills and capabilities they bring as professionals and and i but do you think we really haven't? I mean, do you really think we haven't moved past that? Yes, I definitely. I mean, with over 50% of the workforce are females, yet only 2% are in the CEO role. So explain the logic. And what size companies? Do you, is that a, a reference? A pro, that's it's a it's a platform reference. So across all size companies and okay. and and I looked up some survey information that was just done uh, in January on um, uh, from the Business Insider, and they looked at the difference differences in. Uh, males and females as leaders and their competency and they looked at 16 different areas and i had a lot of guy friends uh listening to this but uh women outperform men and uh all uh, here's you know just a cup just to give you an idea a couple of uh areas in taking initiative and displaying high integrity and honesty driving for results practicing self-development developing others inspiring and motivating others building relationships collaboration and teamwork and being champions of of change and then they also tend to establish stretch goals 
I, I want to go back to, I think, part of the, the big key there were those last two, building relationships and collaboration. Yeah, it's that's tends something to be a that, female characteristic. It does tend yes. to be a female characteristic because the women are much more relational, and they're taught to be relational right from the beginning. You know, girls play Barbies. They play house. Guys blow things up. That's exactly right. And, and, it, and, that's, and that is our natural tendency. That is the way God built us, because I know for a fact I never taught my son to... Well, yeah, that's not true. I did teach him to blow things up. <laughs> Sorry, but we guys are we're wired differently. That that's no shock to anybody listening today. We're wired very differently. But women have a way better ability of developing relationships because guys have never been taught that skill and it's much more difficult for me to be relational, sensitive, for me to be collaborative. That's a great big word and we could discuss that for a whole week, I mm-hmm. think. But to develop relationships that nurturing that naturally comes from a woman the way God built her to be a mom, I think, helps in those relationships. And we talked about that a lot yesterday. But it's it's a that's a powerful paradigm that I agree. I have worked for some incredible women business leaders. I would prefer to work for a woman than a man because of the relational thing. Because I don't want to deal with male dominance uh, kind of thing. I want to deal with people that are thinking. Right, and it's funny that you should kind of bang your chest and mention that. In the, <laughs> in the book, Good to Great, it, it's a, you know based off 11 companies that outperformed the market by at least three times over 15 years. But there's 11 CEOs in there, and what they did was they went back to say, what made your organization great? And they left out people you would know as chest bangers because they, they weren't great leaders. They, they didn't possess all the qualities of what we would call great leaders. Even though women represent over 50% of the workforce, only 2% of them are at a C-level position. And and we got a question. Oh, Martha, you had a follow-up on that. You want to jump into something. So I'll go ahead and ask that. All right. Well, Val was talking about how so much of it probably comes down to opportunity um, because only 2% of leaders in businesses are women, even though there's 50% in the workplace. And I was just thinking about the work environment of those places where those women are leaders. And um, I just was curious and thinking in my head what that must be like for in those areas where they probably um, did approach some of their climbing to that position differently than the man beating his head, you know, fist on his chest and saying, I'm going to crush everybody. Not that every man is like that either. No, you know, not like I mean, that. understand on both sides of the gender issue, you're talking in generalities. So not everybody's <laughs> crushing to get up the ladder and not every woman is going to be nurturing. So well, not every fe- not every woman or man wants to necessarily climb up the, the ladder. But I think that you bring up a good point. One of the things that I noticed over the life of my career is and this is some advice that um, I would have for females and uh, a big difference I see is that men when men approach a new opportunity and position they say pay me give me the title and then I'll do the job women tend to say I'll out you know I'll outwork everyone I'll you know I'll I'll work really hard and then I'll earn it and certainly someone will will you know recognize me for that and give it to Mm -hmm. me and so you know my thoughts are hey Try the male approach, you know, just just go for it with that level of of confidence. Probably save you, you know, years of frustration, banging your head against the wall, and um, probably a lot better pay. Especially since women um, are still at about eighty percent of what a man gets paid mm. for the same job, but men approach it differently. Yeah, and that approach probably can depend on what is being spoken into you by the people around you, Absolutely. your mentors and your and other coworkers. Mm-hmm. What are you being encouraged to do and to rise up to the occasion? 
I, it's that's a great thing, and I didn't realize it was still there's still a twenty percent difference between what women are getting paid and what men are getting paid for the same position. That's correct. There's still that kind of disparity. Not in, in my 2014. organization. Yes. Of course not. <laughs> but okay, now we got a text from a listener, Titania. She asked, Val, should companies and communities create female centric mentorships to help them be prepared for C level positions? Hey, Titania. Uh, yes, and you. Uh, I am a huge uh, advocate and supporter of that. And one of the things I was hoping that we were able to um, get to today, and hopefully we will, is sadly that you know sometimes we see that the biggest critics of females are other females, and you know I'd like to talk about that, but um, and and will if we we get there. But the I say absolutely, you know, start mentoring them. A lot of times. Sometimes, you know, I, it's it's no wonder women are paranoid because you you are sometimes involved. You know, you're in an environment where women are not promoted the same. And by promoted, I mean in any sense, go for additional schooling, go for you know. Here we're behind you, we support you. Um, but they run into a lot of they have a, diff- a lot of different challenges. And so, any female, we all ought to be supporting each other. I mean, we and and I think sometimes that we think that there's such a limited amount of space for females that um, we get a little, you know, maybe it's driven by jealousy or whatever, but that's our limitation looking to say, oh, only two people or one person in the whole organization can be the female, you know, can can move up, and now they got that and I didn't. Don't look at it that way. Knock the door down, girls. Kick it down. Bring, you know, I mean, nothing like In a Christ-like manner, of course. Right. An estrogen (laughs) fest. A Christ-filled estrogen fest. Yes. Absolutely. We should be mentoring um, each other. and Yeah, there's a huge need for that. I mean, there is, there's a huge need. First of all, there's a huge need for men, quality Christian men mentoring young men because there's a whole lack of men leadership, but it, it, that's just a whole topic across the culture. But in business, the successful women don't, uh, you don't, they don't have time, it seems like, to be able to do that. I mean, the men aren't doing it either. I mean, there's nobody mentoring up-and-coming C-level people. I don't, I don't see it happening on a global scale. Yeah, I would have to uh, agree with that, and Martha, I would love your input here, but um, it's one of the things that I do a lot on my own time, personally, is uh, mentoring uh, women or you know MBA students or anyone that I get a chance to help them be more successful. That's what Christ encourages us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so just you know, based off of Christ-like principles, we should automatically feel compelled to do that. But women helping other women that have paved the road or, you know, they can help them with some advice mm. and 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 help them be more successful. That's what that's going to do is it's going to begin to build a lot more opportunities for women. Yes, and a le- like what we just said on the previous discussion when we were talking about what's being spoken into you and are you being encouraged right. to take those steps? Well, who's going to do that? And um, although I would say for myself, my mom is one of my biggest cheerleaders, but having other people in your field of business or um, somebody close to you that you can relate to and be transparent with that is speaking that confidence into you and saying, you know, you're capable of this. You can do this and encouraging that. And that's what a mentor can really do. All right. So let's do a throwdown question because, you know, because we want to make sure we hit some of these really tough ones. All right. Val, as a Christian woman and a Christian leader in the workplace, what were the challenges to your personal life, your marriage, your children? Did your roles conflict at home and at work? Uh, just so you know, Jim, 
Men don't get asked this question. But just so you know, Val, they should. Because because I have huge issues with men who have their workplace conflicting with their roles at home as well. I I agree. But the answer to your question is yes, um, although no one thinks to ask a man that question. And you can look at a lot of... Nobody but me. Except for you, Jim. Okay. But you always, you know... You raise the bar. Who can compete? Um, women are still the ones uh, who interrupt their careers to handle work and family trade-offs. And even when their children are grown, women, again, this is statistical data. Look at it. Google it. Women tend to be the primary caretakers of the extended family, such as aging parents. And so it overloads them. It, you know, it compounds the, the stress that they have. And, and you know, I, I don't want to overlook this point because it often takes them away from the opportunity to network and attend, you know, maybe business events after work. And uh, I would say also one of the biggest issues is not just the business environment, but in society. If the mother isn't showing up for whatever it is because she had a work commitment, you know, then um, I think society says, you know, something about her parenting. Yet if a man does the same thing, they're providing for their family. So, you know, it's 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 double standards. You know, Donna Klute mentioned this last night on the show. She goes, you know, if a woman shows up for a sports activity after after school or whatever, you know, they just expect that that's one of their roles that they do. Correct. But if a man shows up, he gets applauded. Exactly. Right. So that's what you're saying, yes. that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so we did talk about that yesterday. We talked about it again today. It's it's that double standard. And, and part of the problem is, is that the standard for the woman isn't wrong. It's that the standard for the man is way too stinking, cotton-picking low. <laughs> we have lowered expectations to such a ridiculous, ridiculous level. And we are go- on this show, we are raising standards for men because... Christ called us to love our wives like Christ loved the church and to be that godly leader at home, which means our responsibilities at home and with our spouse, our wives, are way more important than our jobs and our careers. Absolutely. And so we have to raise that bar. Preach it. (laughs) We don't have a big enough soapbox for what I got to say. I'm just sick and tired of pathetic men. I, I, and the church holds the bar too low. The church isn't holding up, holding them up. There's a lot of great organizations out there. But on this show, we will raise the bar. On I Work For Him, we will raise the bar because men and women have huge responsibilities at home. And we don't hold the men accountable what we do. And the women have to pick up the pieces that have been dropped by the men. I couldn't agree more. Not 100%. There's some fantastic guys out there, but not enough. All right. We'll okay. just let the silence. Take a deep breath there. Woo. I like it. He, I love that about Jim. He Mm -hmm. um, has some things that he is very sure about and passionate about, and uh, I hope that people hear speaking truth into them as well. So, but I think that brings up an interesting point because you're talking about you're asking the question about conflict between work and home and things like that for the woman, where most of the time, if a kid is sick, it's call mom. She has to leave work. Things like that, and taking a better responsibility as a as parents in situations like that where it's not just mom's job to to drop everything and you know be a team and I think that's one of the things that we've talked about a lot over the years Jim is that you know when Jim had the kids he wasn't babysitting he was being dad so I could have a night out with girlfriends or something like that it wasn't that he was babysitting so I could go do something different or go to a Bible study. And having that different mentality makes a big difference in how you approach even this question. And that's not to say that I didn't call it babysitting at first and you corrected me heavily and said, oh. it's not babysitting when it's your own children. Right. And I, we learned I mean, that. <laughs> yes, this part of we learned that. This part of the we, the mouse in my pocket and me, we learned that. It's 
that's my responsibility. It's not a special edition. It's what I'm supposed to be doing. All right. But talking about Christian women in the workplace and overcoming those gender challenges, those gender inequities in the workplace. And ladies, obviously, this is a show we should have done all week. But I'm sorry, we didn't. We only have 40 minutes to talk about it. So as we lead into this, let me ask this question, Val, because I, I, I know you wanted to cover this. What kind of challenges did you specifically face in the workplace just because you're a woman? Well, the obvious is bias, um, being left out of conversations and events. And, you know, when I, 25 years ago, when I started moving up through the organization and had a always male position it was you know until me there men had held that job i used to find myself saying that a man can walk into a room a room and blow off a few lines about golf and they're good to go i had to actually know the topic inside out and be able to quickly and capably demonstrate that knowledge or i didn't stand a chance but that being said it made me better stronger it drove me and it made me better instead of and instead of resenting it i decided to use it as a springboard so i have a few tips for women in business today that I'd like to share. Um, first, okay, well, go ahead. Okay, great, thanks. First of all, both men and women need to understand and create a consciousness around gender bias, whether it's subtle or on full-blown display in your organization, because bias disrupts the learning cycle at the heart of becoming a leader. And by the way, it's not only um, in business, it's also embedded in society. So let's talk about that bias, because I, I want to, what is a consciousness of bias? You mean just making sure that the organization really talks about it openly and that people are aware that it happens, or what do you mean? Yeah, I'm going to give you some examples. Okay. So here's the society piece of it. Um, for several years I was, and I, you know, I've, I've been the, 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 the major breadwinner and provider, but I can't tell you how many jokes I sat through about mm. how I spent I'm spending my my husband's money, and um, I think you know they're still jokes you know about females, and and we're still referred to as Mrs. Whatever their husband's name is, but um, you know so the advice I say is that ladies, we all know that we're tougher on ourselves than anyone else could ever be, and you know I I read an article long, uh, years back about a guy that had been a coach for men and women, and they asked him what the biggest difference was, and when he coached men, uh, he said that the biggest difference and then he went on to coach went females he said the biggest difference was is when he was critical of men like you know if you need to work out some more and maybe drop some weight you know the guys would just look at each other and go hey roy he's talking to you you know it was they never thought about themselves and every female goes oh gosh i knew it you know and and we take it personally so you know the point is men don't do that so men approach an opportunity and as we talked about before about the way they pursue jobs and 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 i think that we should um gain some of that that confidence it shows confidence um learn how to effectively communicate for example um men tend to go straight to the bottom line of a topic and i'll just a little inside joke okay ladies we all know they have less words available to them half uh, (laughs) we have half as many words available (laughs) however women need to explain with passion and recognize that this is often just seen as you know we tend to explain with passion but men often see it as she can't get to the point she's emotional Mm -hmm. i'm not condoning it it just happens to be reality in a gender biased environment but there's a way to balance that i know i'm jumping in here but there's a way to balance that because it is true men bottom line it and and they do and sometimes they bottom line it to a a, a spot where they they eliminate a lot of critical information yes because they they're, do. Just, they're bottom line in it but there's there's a way to communicate the emotion and the it, it, and 
keep, still keep it succinct. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, one of the other suggestions I have is make your contributions heard. Don't walk into a meeting thinking no one will listen to me or give me mer- give merit to my opinions because I'm not one of the guys. You're setting yourself up for failure before you even get there. So stop it. You know, make it your own personal mission to stomp out any prevailing gender bias by working hard and earning respect of your colleagues, and I mean that both male and female. And although it might not seem like it, we have made great strides. So I think, you know, my advice to women is let's let's continue to break down the gender walls together um, and, and get a little estrogen power. And just as an example of, of what I was talking about, and I think it's a it's there's resistance to uh, female leadership, but be, and it's a great on by both genders that a leader needs to be assertive and decisive yet when women demonstrate these skills they're seen as pushy or selfish and abrasive so for example (laughs) if a strong male leader expresses his anger he's seen as passionate and assertive but when a strong female leader demonstrates similar behavior she's seen seen as they call her very abrasive or other Worse. negative words. That, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, you just you, you said a lot of things there, and I want to make sure we hit at least a few of them before we, we run out of time. Great. I don't even know where to start. I, I think. Well, let go me ahead. say something. Please. I was just thinking about walking into the boardroom, like you were talking about, when having an idea and maybe a woman. She thinks it's really important to get through all those details, but I think no matter who the presentation is to, you always present to whoever's in the room. Right. Think so about your if audience. If you're walking in and your whole audience is going to be men, ABC, bottom line, here's what we need. And if it's a mixed group, then you're going to need to do a little bit of both. And if it's a group full of women, then it's going to be maybe some more detail. So I think Just have that, fun and print well, it in color. Well, but, but that's what women are actually really good at. So don't forget that, ladies, that we do somewhat come by that skill much more naturally to, sure. to look at what who the audience is and to speak differently and effectively. Uh, effectively, more effectively communicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think being aware of it anyway, but um, you know, because we're talking about gender, very specifically thinking about that when you're when you're working with them. Okay, I'm totally lost. Okay, so did you learn how to play golf? Oh, I am in love with golf. I play every chance I get. I am terribly competitive no matter what it is i talk smack whether i win or lose it's just uh, you know it's well, it's no it's no fun well, and you yes. were in the insurance world you had to learn how to play golf because it's the only way insurance people know how to communicate personally it's sad but yeah. true it's so ridiculous uh, but that's how i know how to play golf it's so exactly my dad was in the insurance business for 40 years and he taught me starting at eight years old how to play golf so it's why i learned because my 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 clients were males and that was the sport that and you can build strong relationships but it's why i took on the sport now i'm just obsessed with it <laughs> okay i, I want to you, you said so many things but i, I want to talk about that the the the, the difference in the value that you bring to the table because you're a woman. But really, I want to talk about the Christ-likeness and all this. And I know we're coming right to the end. We're, we're button right up to the end of the show. All of what you've said is true. All of what you've said that women are dealing with is true, and it's unfortunate. But it's fortunate that it's a lot less bad today than it was, you know, 50 years ago. But there's still so Come much on, more Come on, not 50. I'm not, I mean, I didn't no, do it 50 years No, but ago. I'm talking about when I was a kid, women never got the opportunities. Today, there's a significant amount of opportunities. I know it's not 50 years, but there's been a lot of room and improvement. 
Come on, Val, work with me. <laughs> well, you're implying I'm 100. No, I am not. I wasn't talking about you at all. But if you're so feeling worried it about it. <laughs> what I was trying to say is that in all of this, whether you're a man in leadership or a woman in leadership, Christ-likeness needs to rule over all. And, and displaying the character of Christ in your leadership position is what really makes the difference in a corporation. And we've talked about, last year, last week we talked all about leadership, and today we're talking about these issues, but we need to make sure that at the forefront, even though it's frustrating, we still need to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And men... Do not look down on anybody because they're different than you. I mean, and it's our world we live in is so different, but we need to look, we need to look at other people the way Christ looked at other people. He never looked at anybody with judgment. He he ministered to the to the prostitute the same as he ministered to the Pharisee. Exactly right. All right, we've come to the end of another I Work for Him show, and I really want to make sure that you understand that Martha and I personally would like to invite all of you, including you, Val, and your husband, to come on the I Work for Him Marriage Retreat Cruise. Right, Martha? That's right. We would love that. And it's coming up in February. We've got some spots left. We'd love for you and your spouse to be part of our Marriage Retreat Cruise. We will invest in your marriages. You will meet other couples that also want to invest in their marriage. All the information about it is where, Martha? On our website. IWorkForHim.com, and that's the number four. And it's on the left-hand side. There's a tab you've got set up all about the cruise. I made a link that just says Marriage Cruise. Can't get any simpler than that. (laughs) There you go. Okay. All right, on Thursday's I Work For Him show, we're going to be continuing our discussions on this week's theme, Women in the Workplace, Christian Women in the Workplace. I've got Crystal Kochman and Katie Tubbs from Trust Business Systems. They're going to be joining us to talk about specifically female Christian leadership, and they're both media-related people, marketing and media. So I'm excited about you hearing from these two fantastic young ladies about how God has been using them in the marketplace. Make sure you tune in on Thursday. The I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. Supporting the vision of I Work For Him on today's show is most insurance out of Tampa, but they can handle your insurance all over the Southeast. Just take, check them out on the web at mostinsurance, mostins.com, mostins.com. Look for links to their company website listed on our website, iworkforhim.com. And on the iworkforhim website, you'll also find tons of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and recommending reading resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. Val, thanks for joining us on the show today. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. Martha, you are a fantastic co-host as always. It's good to be here. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.